Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The best of the Joe show where we run back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hope you're having a good Monday. I am a Dan Day on the way. Going to get to Joe Rose's interview with Coach Manny Diaz, Stephen A. Smith and Eric Reed exchange barbs. Dan Levitar and the crew, well, they're giving you some weekend laughs. But first, I've got your headlines. The Canes received 70 votes in the AP's preseason top 25 poll. At the top, last season's national champions, Clemson in at number 8. Florida, who the U play this Saturday at 7. Listen to it here on 560 The Joe WQAM. ESPN has released their preseason All-American team. It's loaded with four Clemson Tigers, including starting quarterback Trevor Lawrence plus one Florida Gator, cornerback C.J. Henderson. No other collegiate players in the state of Florida were named to the team. This past Friday, the Bucks defeated the Dolphins 16-14 in preseason action. Josh Rosen saw a majority of the snaps for the Finns, whose next game is this Thursday at 8 p.m. against the Jags here in Miami. Las Vegas has spoken, and it looks like so far, betters like the Bears to win the Super Bowl this season. Right behind them, the Browns. Week one of the NFL 2019 season starts September 8th. The Rockies used a 10-inning walk-off single by Garrett Hampson to complete the three-game sweep of the Marlins yesterday. Next up for the Fish, the NL East-leading Braves in Atlanta tomorrow starting at 7:20. Carousel has defeated Canada 8-0 at the Little League World Series. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. Recently, a woman simply known as Taylor while at a pool outing near an unidentified prison, decided to take the prisoners on a little special ride by flashing them, exposing her top half. Not only is she in my heart as my hot mess of the day, she's just an outright cool chick. Unless she's your girlfriend. In that case, not so cool. Either way, check it out on my Twitter page, at Dan Day Radio. A Florida man recently arrested for shoving $50 worth of steaks down his pants and attempting to walk out of a St. Augustine Publix without pain has been arrested. This is a literal case of packing meat. A Florida woman was furious after sending her dog to a Lake Worth groomer for a simple maintenance appointment, but instead the pup returned with neon green eyebrows and pink ears. Silly groomer. They should know by now. Ultra Music Fest isn't until March 20th. Now on to weather, brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast calls for isolated thunderstorms with temperatures in the mid-80s. Visit Hylia Park Casino every Saturday and win your share of $10,000 in giveaways. Drawings all day long, and it's free to enter. Visit HyliaPark.com for more details. The Joe Rose Show can be heard at this radio station weekday mornings from 6 to 10 a.m. earlier today. They caught up with Coach Manny Diaz, who happens to be the busiest man in South Florida right now, getting his team Miami ready for the big game against Florida this coming Saturday at 7 o'clock. Joe Rose and the team talk with Coach Diaz about game week, the youngins on the team, and social media jibber-jabber. 
Coach Diaz, welcome to Game Week, and thank you for coming on the show this morning. My pleasure. It's finally here. <laughs> yeah, finally. Yeah, you don't think there's been a little a little talking going back and forth around the <laughs> around the state of Florida for this one? Hey, hey, Coach, let's start with Jaron Williams. Doesn't have to look over and worry about the competition now. He's a starter. Ha- have you noticed? A, a difference since he started preparing as a starting quarterback and not just a guy in competition? Well, not just with Jaron, but really with the entire team. You know, I, I think it's just, it's it's had a, let's say, almost like a calming effect on the entire team that now we know, you know, who our guy is and everybody understands that they can rally around a guy and, and, and that it's not, you know, this is not a one-man show, you know, that everybody's got a, everybody's right. got a role. And that, that counts the guys playing defense, you know, creating three and outs and getting the ball back on short fields and just, you know, and all that type of thing. And just, you know, we have an identity we and we can, uh, we can get going moving forward. Coach, uh, I, I want to ask you, um, as you look at him, we've we've just started to know more and more about him, know about all the talent that he's had and, and things in the past. But how important is, like, we were just talking about things to get him involved as a first-time quarterback going from basically high school football. I know he's played in spring football games, but from, from high school games to now jumping into this one, like getting that first completion to me would seem like it would be something to really help him, you know, calm down a little bit, get that first completion, get that first down. Do you, do you feel that way a little bit? Absolutely. There's no doubt. Out. And, and then that's what you know. Danny you know, does a great job of is is you know creating offense that's friendly for the quarterback, and 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 that's why being able to run the football and do different things will help with that. And then let me tell you, their their guys no different. I mean, their their guys played, but but same thing. I think in a, in a game like this where you're going right from you know zero to a hundred in terms of intensity when you start talking about opening the season with such a big rivalry game, I think you know I think both offenses are going to try to really just get some simple things going to try to catch a rhythm. Manny, uh, it's it's amazing too when I read all the stuff from your guys talking about. Danny Enos's offense, even Brevin Jordan, the little things like putting motion in and doing this and doing that. It seems like the offensive player is just 10 times more excited now with Dan Enos there and the offense that you guys are kind of putting out there. It seems like the guys are just jacked up to be in that offense now. Well, they are. They can see the plays that are available and then they can see that the problems that it causes for a defense. And, you know, because you really, you really have to defend two plays. I mean, you have, you have to make sure that your pre snap communication is, is, on point because you might just cut somebody loose and if it's you know and that's where you can you know there's there's two ways about going to, going about things one you can try to out execute somebody and two you can let the other guys screw it up themselves so sometimes it's that you know it's fun to win with honor and valor and sometimes it's nice just when the other guys mess it up enough to, get, to give away some free offense and that's and that and that's all part of it and because again now talking about both defenses you got to think about the environment you're going to be in in orlando uh, with both sets of fan bases there's going to be crowd noise on just about every play communication is going to be very difficult for the defense difficult for the offensive line me a very very emotional event so how do you prepare for those things i mean you can try to pump in crowd noise but just the emotions of that night for both for both sides of the ball will be you know it'll be something to take that'll take some getting used to coach uh one of the most important positions in football at any level is the left tackle position you're going in with a true freshman unless you've made changes zion nelson i can't you know everybody keeps talking about the quarterback you know who, who by the way is a redshirt freshman you talk about being a true freshman playing left tackle where it's going to be a little different trying to hear the case and you got a guy you're going to be going against that's got a lot of experience and big-time SEC. What have you told him, and, and what's he look like as he prepares for this game going from where he was and the size and just being good enough to start at left tackle? But You know, to me, just just go play, you know, because all of that is just creating an external pressure that is, you know, that's not needed. You know, I'm just saying, hey, the bus is going to leave on Friday and the game's around 7 o'clock Saturday night, try to be there. And uh, because, look, we had a competition, just like we, you know, what, what class you right. were and what True. grade you were, it didn't matter. And and, uh, and whether that's Jaron winning quarterback or Zion winning left tackle, uh, these are our best, best guys. And it's, and 
and I, I can relate to when we started three freshman linebackers on defense back in 2016, and and we knew that there was going to be some growing pains with those guys, but uh, but you know what? It's fun having them now, and and that's and that's sometimes a part of it. So you know, I think I think like anything else, I think you just get your guys confident in what they've done and proven on our practice field, and that if you can do it on Green Tree, then generally speaking, you can normally do it uh, any stadium that they go play in. Coach, do you expect uh, a lot of freshmen have an impact on this first game? I know as the season goes on, a lot of those guys will play, but in this first game, you expect a lot of true freshmen to play. It's possible, you know. I mean, I mean, we're going to go with with who we got. We're going to go with, uh, we, you know, we don't look at them as freshmen and sophomores and whatever. We just look at them as, you know, our guys. You know, you never know. The cool thing about these games is you really never know who's going to make the play. You know, who might make a, an impact play to to make something happen. So, um, you know, they'll they'll all get a swing just like anybody else. Coach, you go back to those three linebackers real quick. How important are they not just to the defense but this whole team when it comes to amping them up, jacking the team up, just because they now are the leaders of this team, not just the defense? Oh, they're so important because. You want to, you know, on on game day, you know what? Let's take like a Shaq Quarterman and, and the confidence that he would give our guys on defense. Because you, when you go into a battle, you want to you want to go in with a guy like Shaq, and and now now he can spread his influence over the enti- entire football team, you know. And and so you need your, you know, in any big game or any big season, you always need your seniors uh, to play their best. And well, here you go. Here you got three guys like that, and and, and the entire football team will. will have a lot of confidence in knowing that they're leading us on the, out onto the field. Manny, what's the strength of the Gators football team from all these tapes you've watched? Uh, you'd probably have to say their skill. You know, they've, they've got, uh, you know, they bring all the receivers back. You know, certainly they've got some guys in the secondary that are very talented, a really, really deep stable of running backs that run really hard. So, so they've got, they've got some outstanding skill and, and, uh, you know, which, which you would expect. Um, you know, certainly they, they have the experience of quarterback, but I would, I would say that's probably the, you know, the strength of their team. What about the veteran quarterback, Felipe Franks, there for that team? Uh, I know we talked in the, a lot in the offseason how you're going to replace a couple of your safeties, defensive back wise, going against Felipe Franks. You're feeling confident in your guys, right? now well that's that's all part of our job you know i mean part of this profession it's a it's a player development job and and you're going to always lose guys to graduation and that's no different than when you know when you know michael jackson had to step in for corn elder or, or jaquan johnson had to step in for jamal carter you know you just you that's that's all part of it and that's why the guys come to miami so you know so seeing some of our guys in the secondary that now have a chance to take on big roles they, they have been preparing for this time manny uh you've had some guys your transfer portal uh i guess everybody's going through this with guys that feel like they're not going to play a lot but it looks like Derek smith and and bethel have uh, at safety and cornerback have decided to to jump in the transfer portal. C- can you talk about that and what that's like when guys are going? I don't know if I'm going to play, man. I'm out of here, and they come to you. How do you handle that? Well, every situation is different. You know, no two are the same because you have you, you, you got to treat all these guys as, as if they're unique because they all are. We said this going in that we were going to make competition king again. You know, here on, on in, in our facility and, and on Green Tree practice fields, and and if you by nature if it's a competition, not everybody can win, and so the so different guys want to leave for different reasons, and you know, and and you know, we wish them well, and uh, but but you know, we move on. With with who we got once a guy checks out though I, i'm with you like if a guy's checked out and goes hey I, I i'm out i almost feel like if you if you don't want to be here you, you're better off just just letting them go do you feel that way or do you feel like oh no come back listen let, let, i see you playing down the road or is what's the best way to handle that well you're, you're going to try to there, there's a mix I mean, you're going to try to make sure that you have the young man's best interest in heart you know because they may be making immature young decisions right so you want to make sure that they understand all the facts but that being said yes this is the Miami Hurricanes and we don't have to beg anybody to, to play for Miami and if we're going to get this thing going with guys that, that value what it means to be a hurricane and, and, and want to be here and, and you know and we'll give whatever it takes to, to get this place back on top. Coach I, I feel like that 
that front four defensively really sets the tone for all these games. I know you you got some experience, especially at the defensive end position with some really good players. Uh, do you feel that way though that the front four kind of sets the tone? And those, you know, we're talking about quarterback, and it's important, but. You want your defense to really set the tone because if those guys play well, then it kind of bleed into the rest of the team, covering and and linebackers making tackles. Everything, and I'm sure I'm sure they feel the same way. I mean, that's that's the and and I don't think that's for this game. I think that's going to be who we are always going forward. Certainly, it's it's it's, it's the finest defensively over the last three years. So I couldn't agree more. I mean, those guys have got to set the tone, and and that and that can't be a that can't be a draw. That's got to be a, a a win for us matchup wise. Coach, just between me and you, you have a quarterback that didn't get the starting position. Are we uh, trying at a different position here? Maybe wide receiver, maybe Tate Martell. No, right now we're trying to figure out who our who our second string quarterback is. So, <laughs> what do you think I, you're going to get him if you I, I put listen, something special? I was in. Try, trying. I was trying there. Yeah. I was trying there. That's it. Hey, hey, Manny. Uh, as as you get ready, I was always wondering. You guys, they had an open spring football game. You guys basically had an open spring football game. Do both teams cover it pretty well? Is that kind of a, a a big thing to make sure you get guys there to see who's playing in those things? During in the in the watching the. the Spring games, yeah, the spring okay. games, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna scout those, you know, when when they're available on TV or or whatnot. But uh, but ultimately, you know, you, you get into this game and you kind of have an idea of who, who who someone is. That's where you might have a tiny advantage sometimes yeah. if you're a new staff. Again, it, this is not going to be a game where it's going to be chess pieces moving around is going to make a difference. They're usually opening games are about you know tackling turnovers, special teams. Um, those things will make the difference. Hey, uh, I want to ask you about another topic that always pops up anytime Florida State Miami play or Florida, Florida State, or Florida, Miami, and that is the social media stuff. Those guys like to talk. If you played against a guy in high school or you know him or you played with him, everybody likes to talk a little bit. It's part of the culture. How have you felt about that? What have you told your guys? Well, right now we're just, from my vantage point with our guys, is we've really just been focused on working. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of guys on the field that know each other and, and are, are some of these guys are, are, are lifelong friends that are going to be wearing different uniforms playing against each other, but but they're not awarding any points for, you know, certainly social media, you know, <laughs> no. snark, snarkiness, right? That's so, true. Um, that doesn't make it 7 nothing. No, no. Florida talk better yeah, trash. Right, that was a good right. one right there. That was strong. Now, I, I, I got yeah. you, Coach. Yeah, that's a no, good point. Our guys, our guys, our guys, they've been good. I mean, they, they, they understand. Look, I mean, what? On what platform would we have the the ability to talk anyway? I mean, look look at look at our last appearance nationally. We we have nothing to say other than you know we better be you know focused on our work and and who we are you know and and, and then let that show Saturday night. Coach, is this one of those games where going to be a ton of recruits on the sidelines for both teams, or just watching this game? Is is, is Orlando going to be a spotlight for the both teams this weekend? They can't be on the sidelines, but but uh, both schools do get a split of. Um, of some tickets that can go to recruits, so they'll they'll be they'll be in the stands, and certainly they'll all be watching. Coach, for you, uh, what's the biggest thing you get set for your first game as a head coach to prepare when you put that list together? Give give us a few things that's on your on your plate for uh, like even going Friday night, going through everything for kind of the last time. Well, you know, when you talk about the lead up to the game, you know, right now it's about our it should be about confidence. You know, we, we've got one more week to prep. You know, we, we we basically worked on these guys all last week and got another shot now to really polish up and perfect our plan to go to go play them and then and then it's about we got, we just got to go trust ourselves and just go play you know i mean i mean i mean we know what to do we we, we know what works we know who they are
part, and you just got to trust ourselves. And that's and that's why you know to me Saturday night, I just want to see a team that competes. You know, I want to see eleven guys on the field that are competing. Uh, understand that there's going to be execution mistakes, but here's a good news: they're going to make execution mistakes as well. So I'm not really concerned about that. It's just a matter of you know, who can channel the emotions of the night and who can stay competitive in their in their fight for the longest period of time. And I think that's going to be the key, and that's something that uh, that we've got to prove that we can do um, because that's been something that we have been lacking. Coach, best of luck this week. Have some good practices Saturday night. Kickoff week zero of the college football season. Well done. Thanks, man. Game week finally. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. I know it's only Monday, but start getting those beers ready for Saturday's game. Gonna be epic. Up next, Stephen A. Smith and Eric Reed throwing punches at each other on the Best of the Joe Show. Yeah! Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show. Speaking of Joe, happy birthday to Fat Joe. He turned 48 years old today. Hope you're doing well this Monday evening. I'm Dan Day, Stephen A. Smith. That's my man right there. He can dish it. Oh, and he can take it. Now, let me get to a bigger issue. Because Eric Reed, the safety for the Carolina Panthers, most notably known for being a friend of Colin Kaepernick, taking a knee with him in support of Colin Kaepernick, who took a knee during the national anthem, not to dishonor our American soldiers, not to be unpatriotic. He took a knee to bring attention to racial oppression, racial inequality, and brutality on the part of police officers against unarmed black men, black people. Eric Eric Reed supported him in that. That happened back in 2016. Colin Kaepernick hasn't had a job in the NFL since opting out of his contract with the San Francisco 49ers. And in the meantime, Eric Reed has taken issue with various things that have occurred. Malcolm Jenkins of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Players Coalition negotiated a deal with the NFL owners, got themselves $89 million to dedicate to disenfranchise communities throughout this country in black issues, recidivism, incarceration, voter registration, voting rights, etc. Eric Reed had a problem with that. Not only did he have a problem with that, where does he take up his argument? He confronts Malcolm Jenkins on the football field, Lincoln Financial Field, in Philadelphia, before a game against the Carolina Panthers on a Sunday afternoon. Last time we used to joke about that with Chris Rock getting on Janet Jackson for pulling her stuff out on a Sunday afternoon. That's this dude. So that happened. And then now Jay-Z garners into a partnership or basically gets into a partnership with the NFL. And Eric Reed has a problem with that, basically calling him a sellout. I undressed Eric Reed's position on that. And Eric Reed decided... He wanted to come at me. So this weekend, a reporter asked him about me, and Eric Reed responded. Listen up. Well, Stephen A. Smith went on first taken with saying that the whole point of you guys doing this was to bring light to, you know, racial oppression and whatnot. It wasn't about getting called. Well, he sacrificed his job, but it wasn't about getting Colin Kaepernick back in the NFL. It was about bringing light to this point, and that's what you guys have done. So he's saying, what is the problem with him going a different route because he's choosing not to go the route necessarily that you and Colin maybe have taken? The order of events that happened, right? We are professional athletes first. 
Then we started protesting systemic oppression. Then Colin lost his job because of protesting for justice. Us fighting for Colin to get a job is returning him to the status quo of being an employee. We didn't advocate for him to lose his job along the way. Um, I think it's ludicrous that somebody who, is, like Stephen A., who's been so closely reporting on this, would make a statement like that. It's asinine. So he said that my statement was asinine and ludicrous, to quote him directly. First of all, let me say this. I'm not taking the bait that some of you ignorant trolls out there are trying to throw out. I have no issue with what Eric Reed said about me. I didn't even find it disrespectful. Eric Reed is entitled to find my statement ludicrous or asinine or any other word he wants to use. He didn't character assassinate me. He didn't talk about me as a man. He didn't talk about my character. He didn't do anything of the sort. He was responding to a direct question about what I said, and that's how he felt about what I said. Eric Reed is a grown damn man who, by the way, as a black man, I totally appreciate his position. He's out there in his mind fighting for us. And to be honest with you, I owe him a debt of gratitude for that. You willing to bring attention to racial oppression, racial inequality, police brutality? How the hell can I have a problem with that? So I don't have a problem with Eric Reed's position. I don't have a problem with his feelings. A matter of fact, and oh, by the way, I want to state for the record, you can't have a better friend than Eric Reed. For Colin Kaepernick to be in this position that he's in, there has been one man who has been unrelenting in his fight for justice for Colin Kaepernick, and that is Eric Reed. I mean, you talk about loving a brother and going down with the ship. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't say anything about Eric Reed in that regard. I applaud the brother. I just disagree with his methods. Confronting Malcolm Jenkins on the field? Really? That's hooliganism. That's what that is. And then you come after Jay-Z. Let me tell you something right now. For those of you that don't understand my position, because I had to explain it to a dear friend of mine last night. Let me be very, very clear. You can have a problem with the optics. Jay-Z sitting next to the commissioner, who's the spokesman for all 32 owners, who appear to have ostracized Colin Kaepernick from the league. You sitting there after, after condemning the NFL for their actions and supporting Colin Kaepernick, sitting there smiling and yucking it up with Roger Goodell is not the greatest look. Oh, by the way, Jay-Z who's a strategist, a brilliant strategist, and a brilliant capitalist. You, Jay-Z, not having a plan in front of you to articulate and disseminate to the masses in that moment about exactly what your role is going to be and exactly what your intent is with that role, you are too smart not to have a plan to present to Americans and football fans everywhere at that particular moment in time. If that's your argument against Jay-Z... I have nothing to say. The problem is that wasn't your argument. What you did was question this man's blackness, his commitment to blackness and to black causes and to black people by attacking him the way that you did. And Jay-Z don't deserve that. He comes from the streets, comes from Marcy Projects, comes from the streets of Brooklyn, raised himself from rags to riches. And oh, by the way, has ingratiated himself with several issues, has been an activist as an artist in his own way. Oh, by the way, who's his wife? It's not just Beyonce who's phenomenal and magnificent in almost every way you can imagine as a performer. She's also responsible as being associated with Coachella, 
who brought bands from all HBCUs to perform. And she was the first black artist to lead Coachella, if, if I remember, headline Coachella, if I remember correctly. Oh, by the way, he's got friends like Steve Stout, who's a brilliant author and businessman, very closely connected to Commissioner Adam Silver of the National Basketball Association and very highly respected. Along with a plethora of other people. You saw when, when President Obama had a fundraiser, who was the one helping him raise millions? And oh, by the way, who was throwing events and campaign rallies and stuff like that for him? Now it happened to be Jay-Z. So let's not forget all of this. And oh, by the way, having said all of that, Baltimore, Miami, Denver, and Seattle all were looking to give Colin Kaepernick a job after the he took a knee and protested in 2016. And even though Eric Reed deserves respect, for continuing and not relenting in his position at all and holding firm to his principles and still taking a knee. Last time I checked, Eric Reed taking a check from the NFL as well. Oh, let me go a step further. In 2017, December 17th, 2017 to be exact, B. Diddy tweeted, quote, I would like to buy the Carolina Panthers. Spread the word. Retweet. Do you know who responded to that tweet, ladies and gentlemen, at that time? Colin Kaepernick. I have it right here in front of me. Do you know what the tweet said? I want in on the ownership group. Make it happen. So Colin Kaepernick can want ownership. And everything's fine. From the very, very people he filed a grievance against, got at least a $10 million settlement against, has been speaking adamantly against, but Jay-Z partnering with them. Oh, my God. What a sellout. Really? Really? I didn't hear Eric Reed bring that up. I didn't hear that. And last but not least, I have something in front of me from um, a noted historian who's a phenomenal man and obviously a civil rights activist for many years who's been a guest on this show on several occasions. I revered this man. His name is Dr. Harry Edwards. You know him. What did Dr. Harry Edwards tweet? Think about it. How did we get from struggle against injustice slash supporting Cap to attacking Jay-Z? You're being had, took, maneuvered. Rope-a-doped, played, clowned, swift-boated, gaslighted, bamboozled, chummed, chumped, jived, misled, and distracted. Back to the struggle. He goes on. Put another way. You can have a Jay-Z in that position or, say, a Hank Williams Jr. Don't just shut the door on Jay-Z when option could be a continuation of no door at all. Jay-Z is neither a fool nor a psychophant. Let's reach out. Wait. And watch. Where'd y'all hear that from? Where did y'all hear that from? Who told y'all that? Just four days ago. And three days ago. Two days ago. And right now. You got a problem with me, Eric Reed? What you gonna say next? You got a problem with Dr. Harry Edwards too? You think your struggles of taking a knee are comparable to what that man has done for disenfranchised community throughout this nation since the 60s? I'll do you a favor by assuming you know better. Stephen A. Smith going after my homie, Eric Reed. You know, Reed and I both alumni of LSU. Of course, you can hear Stephen A. Smith and his great show daily right here from 1 to 3 p.m. And before him, it's the Dan Lebitard Show. Up next, those guys going to make you laugh here on the Best of the Joe Show. It's the Best of the Joe Show. I'm Dan Day. Big ups to the Tours who you're listening to right now. This is their song, Level. Lead singer Jack White, lead guitarist Brendan Benson, decided this Saturday to catch the beginning of the Brewers-Nationals game in D.C. Then they had to leave early to go do their show. 
When they finished their show, they realized the game was going into extra innings, so they went back to the stadium, and it was quite a game to watch. The Brewers defeated the Nationals 15-14 in the 14th inning. I was watching the game, and I was geeking out about what was going on in the field, but I was even more excited to see the love the Raconteurs showing towards baseball. Right now, showing love to the Dan Lebitard Show. They were on earlier today talking Cuban coffee. Antonio Brown, need I say more? What made you laugh this past weekend? And does urine equal a better program for the U? Just like this Cuban coffee that I'm getting right now. Thanks, Juan. It makes me talk slightly faster. Nobody <laughs> yes, makes. Because we got a few people around here that make Cuban coffee. Juan, the engineer, makes the Cuban coffee better than anybody. So, Izzy, when you finally take that shot, you enjoy it. I will. I will enjoy it. It will be, let's see, this is this is probably something I should not be admitting out loud. Certainly those who love me would not want to hear this. Um, I've had this morning four shots of espresso and a 16 can of Monster Energy. Yes, you were, you were literally can, not 16 cans. You were elevating out of your seat right now. Yeah, That's how amped yeah. up you are. I mean, I needed it on this drive. Uh, I mean, sorry to drive to work. I was like falling asleep. I definitely needed that. I still wanted to stay on this uh, Antonio Brown thing, Billy. The idea that he would want to Antonio Brown come into this new setting and create this chaos. Like, I understand the idea of being a diva wide receiver is kind of beneficial for your career. Um, and that player empowerment is, you know, the big trend, and he's just trying to flex his muscles. But you don't think he actually just came in here to start a disaster, to start some sort of drama, right? Like, you think this is a distraction of some sort? I don't, I mean, I'm trying to figure it out because it's such strange behavior. Because you're right, he's joining a new environment. He's playing with... I mean, he has a relationship with Derek Carr from Pro Bowls, right? But he doesn't really have much of a relationship that I know of with John Cruden and with a lot of his other teammates. And you could argue, I mean, I think most people would, that he's setting a bad example for the younger players, you know, that are there. So, like, if you want him to be a veteran leader, this isn't what you should be following. But it could be something as simple as he just doesn't want to play in the preseason. Like, it could be his feet. It could be he's just done it and he doesn't want to do it. And he's just creating distractions. Like, it's hard for me to tell you what his uh, his goal is because ultimately I think we all agree he's not going to retire and he's going to play with a different helmet if he doesn't get these that he wants approved, which it doesn't seem like he's going to. So at a certain point, he's going to have to come into camp, put on a different helmet and play, but he doesn't seem to be in any hurry well, to do that. Veteran leadership is not what you signed up for when you trade for Antonio Brown. And so the thing that concerned, the thing that I would see this playing out the way I would think is you bring him in and you just do whatever he wants. You just treat him like, cause if, if you watch those hard knocks or that second hard knocks, he didn't seem to have, you're right, much of a relationship with any teammates. He was clearly the biggest star on that field, even more so than John Gruden, although that one's arguable. Um, he definitely wants to be there. He wants to play. I just think he's, he's that big of a problem. And I don't think he's that good of a match with, with, like I said, John Gruden and Mayhawk. Like, does, does John Gruden, uh, strike you as somebody who's just really advanced when it comes to personalities and, and dealing with the today's players or, or dealing with player empowerment? No, I think this is the, the ultimate terrible clash. The thing that's kind of weird about it is that his head coach, John Gruden, his quarterback, Derek Carr, they seem to be saying the right things. Like Derek Carr is saying, you know what? When he's out here, it's not like we're rusty. It's not like we're not on the same page. He's doing his homework. He's studying. He's not coming in here and complicating what's already a complicated offense. Like he knows what's going on. He's studying. John Gruden seems to be very patient with him and has had his back so far. This is what you could say that he didn't necessarily have that he wanted in Pittsburgh, where it didn't seem like 
they had his back. But the thing is, he keeps testing that loyalty of new people. Like they're doing the right things on the front end. Yeah. It would appear oh, the to Pittsburgh have his people back. Must be. I mean, they're 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 looking at this saying, "I told you so." That's the thing is that he's testing them. They're doing what he wants, and instead of being like, you know what, they're happy with me. They got my back. They let me sit out a couple games because I wasn't happy about my helmet. Whatever. Let me go in and let me get on the same page with them. He's kind of taking it further and seeing how far he can push it. And at a certain point, they're going to get tired of that. Antonio Brown's the classic example of an aging veteran receiver, a diva, does not need four practice games to get ready for the season. He's going to go through this chaotic August, and then in the season opener, he's going to catch eight balls for 128 yards. And and after worrying all of his potential fantasy drafters, you know, th- this is in keeping with uh, Antonio Brown's diva image. It's in keeping with the Raiders' renegade image. Uh, this is on brand for the, the team and for this player. How about seeing Antonio Brown from a different prism? How about seeing Antonio Brown as a mercenary who's just here? Hey, I'm here to catch 100 balls and 1,000 yards and 10-plus touchdowns, and that's what I'm here to do. I'm not here to make friends. I'm not here to do anything extra than what I'm paid to do. Yeah, but if you are creating this chaos because of a rule that most people believe you can still accomplish your goal if you you know abide by said rule, then you're just doing it seems like you're just doing that to blow up their locker room or to blow up the situation. It's that it's a delicate balance. It's almost like you have to pick your spots. Right. And I don't know, again, if other players are necessarily vibing with him on this one. And that's where I wonder if he picked the wrong spots, because if you don't have necessarily the, the support of your peers, then you're on an island. Here's the confusing thing about it. So, like, if what I'm saying or my theory or what some people are saying is, you know what, he's just kind of doing this because he doesn't really want to participate in the preseason. He already has an out with his with his feet. Like, they kind of like he can go with his feet, but their concern, if you watch Hard Knocks, is he can't scale it back. So they don't want him to go all out because of his feet. He already kind of has the excuse if he doesn't really want to completely participate in his feet, and he's not doing that. He's doing the helmet thing, which is kind of confusing because I, I don't know what he's doing. I don't Mike think Mayock thing, do. does it help or hurt? Him coming out and giving the all-in or all-out, does it help or hurt? Because I think it hurt. I don't think it helps in terms of his relationship with Antonio Brown and getting him on the same page. Like I don't think Antonio Brown's going to buy into, well, you're all-in, you're all-out. It's like, oh, okay, well, Mike Mayock <laughs> now has laid down the law, and I'm going to go in because I don't want to upset Mike Mayock. Like, that's not going to work with him. Do you think behind the scenes and when they're having a meeting, Gruden and Mayock, do you think that they have yet said the words... Why did we trade for him? Like, or do you think they're still kind of just sitting back? Going to be fine. Once he gets on the field, it's all going to be worth it. Or do you think they've gotten to the point in, behind closed doors where it's like, why did we trade for this guy? I, I don't think so. No. I, in, in fact, Mayock is spreading divisiveness when he says things like, we got 89 other guys busting their rear end right now, implying that while Antonio Brown is pulling this crap, I can't imagine that this is divisive within the locker room. Antonio Brown has a track record. He has the resume. He's proven how great he is. If this same thing is happening and it's a second-year receiver who's done nothing, then it's a problem. When Antonio Brown does it, other players are going, he's going to show up in September. Don't worry about him. Hey, people. Tell us what in the sport made you laugh hard this weekend. It is a segment we call What Made You Laugh This Weekend. Ha, ha, ha. Funniest thing from the sports weekend is brought to you by Wendy's. Bacon Fest is on at Wendy's, and they're turning up the sizzle with items like the bacon double stack in the $5 biggie bag with four-piece nuggets, small fry, and drink only at Bacon Fest. What do you got, Chris? In the Little League World Series, a player from Venezuela crouched down in the box, making literally the smallest strike zone pop uh, possible. Now, it didn't really work because the pitch came in kind of at eye level, 
and the umpire called it a strike, so I guess the strike zone doesn't change if you crouch like that. But it was still a good idea by him. It was such a good idea that Yasiel Puig seemed to imitate it on Sunday by doing the same exact thing in the box. But he struck out looking. No, <laughs> I don't even know if that's true. What do you got, Billy? I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but uh, Bill Walton is the best. And last Friday, Bill Walton, because of some scheduling conflict or whatever with the White Sox, Bill Walton was in the White Sox booth calling an Angels and White Sox game. Not just because he just showed up, right? No, 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 that's no, perfectly no. possible. Too. He did the entire game. And we have like 100 billion clips, but I'm going to play one clip. This is Bill Walton pregame, just kind of talking back and forth with the studio crew. And this is just exactly how the game went. And when they bring that high, hard one in, I stand in and lean back and then just bam. And it sails away out through the universe like a radio wave that goes past Saturn and Jupiter, Pluto, through the black hole and into many other galaxies yet named. You know what? I've often said this. I don't really, I want to redo the uh, art of conversation with Dan and Mike Tyson and just have Bill Walton and Mike Tyson talk to each other. Like, that would be, I mean, it's just a couple of people who have done an insane amount of drugs talking to each other, but that conversation would be quite artistic. That was courtesy of the White Sox and NBC Sports Chicago. Anthony, what do you got? I'm tired of drip. I'm tired of swag. Did you see Kyle Kuzma's wardrobe over the weekend? That was neither of those things. It was neither. Why are we going back to dressing like backup dancers from boy bands in the early 2000s? Why is that cool? Why are big pants cool? Why are all those things cool? I'm tired of it. I'm tired I'm of drip. It's of been a few years. I'm still trying to figure out how Jorts came back. Um, he did look like he was in sort of a crisscross take part two, right? The redo of crisscross looked like he was wearing oversized backward clothes. Now, I'm not an expert on swag, but isn't how swag works where once you have it, you can literally just wear anything and you're cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a fashion of confidence. I, I think that's what he's going for here because, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with Anthony. It's, it's not, not a great look. Roy, what do you got? Anthony Rizzo and Joe Madden sl- sledding down the hill at the Little League World Series. Mm, they were just sledding down the hill. Yeah, huh? they had cardboard uh, cut out and they slid right down the hill. Joe Madden can keep his job. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Greg, funniest thing. Jack White and his band, the Raconteurs, attended a national Nationals Brewers game, left in the third inning to go play a concert, played the concert, and then went back to the stadium to finish the game when they learned it was still going on into extra innings. Quick aside, everybody says Jack White. They forget about the other members of the band, including great uh, guitarist Brendan Benson, uh, who uh, happens to be the son of one of my best friends. Wasn't he like in three different bands? Or like, it's very confusing. It's yeah. just Jack White, all right. There was also a lady sleeping. If you saw in this Brewers Nationals game, it was the tw- it was the ninth <laughs> inning, bases loaded, tie game, two outs, and there's just a shot of her because they're showing she's right behind on plate, front row, sleeping. I mean, if you have that much energy after a show and you decide to go to a baseball game, that's a questionable choice. Yeah. My funniest thing is, man, I said earlier I love the preseason, and it's not for the football. It's for stuff like this when you've got Bill Belichick being asked the question. Uh, one of the most annoying questions you could ask him, and then doubling down. Do you know if you, if you guys have a roster extension for Josh Gordon, or will you have to make a roster move when he comes back? Yeah, I'm not going to comment at all on that. <laughs> that wasn't it. That wasn't it. That was not it. That's the only Belichick sound in the folder. Mm, that is unfortunate. We're going to have to find it and, and, show it and play it for the next segment, because that is certainly not the Belichick sound I was uh, anticipating. Come on, we had the Orange Bowl down here, man. I love the Orange Bowl. A you, dump. 
Ruin the program leaving the Orange Bowl. <laughs> Going to a facility with your beloved skyboxes. <laughs> All it did was wreck the entire program. Stugats. The program was better when people could urinate wherever they wanted to. When the huddle smelled like urine, the program was better. The direct correlation. You guys want to pee and sanitize sanitary places. Poop in the stands like we did when we were young people. Yeah. The Dan Lebitard Show can be heard on this station from 10 to 1 weekdays. I happen to be Dan Day. Give me a follow on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. Give us a follow at 560 WQAM. Before I go, want to let you know that we have a good time waiting for you. Here it is. Zach Krantz. Join him this Saturday. 7 to 10 p.m. at Twin Peaks in Pembroke Pines. Come watch the Canes Gators game. Enjoy Dos Equis specials, giveaways, and register to win two tickets to the college football semifinal playoff game in Atlanta. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly, imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Oh, just thinking about Dos Equis gets me excited. After all, I'm from New Orleans and we like to party. So I want to show some love to some great New Orleans Saints. Bobby Bear, a.k.a. the Cajun Cannon, a.k.a. the president of the Houdat Nation, and a guy who played alongside him a long time when he was with the Saints, Martin Anderson. That guy could kick his you-know-what-off. Both of them turn 59 years old today. I know Bobby Bear, and I know how he celebrates his birthday, naked and drunk. That's how most Cajun people celebrate their birthdays, so not really giving away too much information. If you like the show, we're usually on weekdays from 6 to 7, giving you the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. You missed any of it, you can download the podcast, or you can download podcasts from any of the shows on 560 The Joe WQAM by going wherever you get your podcasts, or you can simply go to our website, WQAM.com. And I'll give you that rundown of all the shows that you can hear on this radio station. We start the mornings with a cup of Joe. That's right. 6 to 10 a.m., the Joe Rose Show. 10 to 1, as I said a couple of minutes ago, the Dan Levitard Show. From 1 to 3, Stephen A. Smith. Then from 3 to 6, Hawk and Crowder. Those guys are getting ready for this weekend because Hawk, he's from the U. Crowder, he played for the Gators. Oh, more than just pride seems to be on the line for that one. Of course, you can hear the best of the Joe show right here from 6 to 7. Up next is going to be Spain and Company. I love when they give us some insight on all the sports and all the good things that are going on. Once again, the website you can check out, WQAM.com. Twitter at 560WQAM. My Twitter at Dan Day Radio. I'm running out of here. I'm going to be healthy. It's a Monday. Go get a workout in at the U-Fit right near here in Errol Portal and have myself a good time. Have yourself a good time. Thanks for listening to the best of the Joe show. Later, slug. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.